Now is the time for the leader to qualify. So here we go. I found this picture. I've had it, and I didn't know the date, but on the back of it, there is the date, 1986. And that was two years before I came into the program. I was struck abstinent on November 30th, 1988. That's my abstinent date. And um, my name is Hank Nyer, and I've been doing this program in perfect... I've been doing... You know, and they say... I say the last name because it says... It's, we're supposed to be anonymous out there, but in here, we can have each other know our last name. Because God forbid if somebody's in the hospital and you want to find out how that person is doing, you don't know who the person is. So I say my name. And uh, the other thing is that I want to mention is uh, they say the, the time to call. And I have a friend whose name is Spencer W. He could tell his last name if he wants to. And he says, he explains the difference between an alcoholic and a compulsive overeater. If an alcoholic wants to take a drink at 2 o'clock in the morning, he calls somebody, and within 20 minutes, there are four alcohol, sober alcoholics at his house talking him out of it. If a compulsive overeater wants to eat, he eats, and a month later, he tells somebody. <laughs> you know, so my, my cell phone is never off. I tell people the best time to call, I write down before you eat. That, that works for me. So my bottom was my daughter's wedding, her first, her first wedding. I was not invited to the second one, but there has been some reconciliation uh, since then. Um, and uh, I knew I, oh, when I was 40 years old, a doctor told me, if you don't do something about your weight, you won't live to see 50. And uh, any sane person would not have waited as long as I did to come in. And then I realized any sane person would not have been told that in the first place. So I came, my daughter's wedding was, was the bottom. I was uh, working. Uh, I had no idea how much I weighed. I, I knew it was up there. I, I sort of had an idea. And um, uh, I went, uh, my, I have a friend. He, he's, uh, we're still friends. He still struggles with food. He's had the gastric bypass. It hasn't worked. He's put the weight back on. But we're still, we're still friends. And uh, one of, he's an accountant, and one of his clients ran a tuxedo shop on Ventura Boulevard in Tarzana. So he says, go over there, tell him I sent you, and he'll fit you for the wedding. So I get there, and uh, the shop is not there anymore. If it is, I haven't seen it. And um, he asked me how much I weighed. And I'm not a stupid person. I mean, I'm smart enough. I was in Mensa for a while. I mean, I have a high IQ. I'm intelligent. But when it comes to this disease, cunning, baffling, powerful. I also like that jealous and patient. Uh, my disease is jealous and patient of my recovery and, and wants to get me. So I made up a number that sounded plausible to me. And I said, he has to know I'm lying because I can't measure what I'm measuring and weigh what I said that I weighed. I, I knew that. And he said, okay, come back in two months and I'll have the tuxedo a week before the wedding. And the wedding was four days after Thanksgiving. And uh, I didn't lose any weight. Um, right about that same time, my son uh, was in drug rehab. So we were going to 12-step meetings. That was the first time I ever went to a 12-step meeting. I shouldn't say that. In the 70s, I checked out Overeaters Anonymous in New York. I was a church basement. There were four women, gray sheet. They told me to keep coming back. I went back one week, and then I was out for another 20. I shouldn't say out. I was never in until I came in. <laughs> so uh, uh, when I was working with the therapist who was dealing with the drug rehab for the kids, the, the young adults, and uh, I was working with her, and... Um, that Thanksgiving, it was my last binge on Thanksgiving. I, I ate and ate, and I had to go in, and the wedding was the Saturday after <coughs> Thanksgiving, 
So it was, um, I went in the Friday before Thanksgiving. That was the date. And um, he had to call Tennessee to get a tuxedo for me. And in my mind, I said, even if they, it's not going to come. It's Thanksgiving week. The weather's bad. It'll never arrive. And this was my plan. This was my bottom that brought me to my knees. And it's important for me to share it with you. And it's important for me to hear me say it again to remember it. Um, I was going to go in convinced that uh, he said come in the Friday after Thanksgiving, the day before the wedding. And uh, this was my plan. Could I have one of your hangers with your, the name of your tuxedo store on it? I was going to home, hang up the empty thing in the closet, wake up the day of the wedding sick and not go to the wedding. That was, that was my plan. I was assured that he wouldn't have it. Well, he had it. Uh, and uh, one of these days I'll find the wedding album because we divorced and she got one and I got the other. I don't know where it is. But I looked like, to me, I looked like Orson Welles. And I went, and I remember as we walked down the aisle, it was like this. I had to walk a step or two behind because I was so poor. I filled up most of the aisle. And um, went to the wedding. And uh, that was on November 26th. On November 29th, the Tuesday, I had my session with my therapist, and she said, Hank, stop screwing around. Get your ass to Overeaters Anonymous. And she handed me the fifth tradition. That's what it's called in the valley. And this was before cell phones. Not a lot of people had answering machines. And I went home with that by myself in my house, and I started calling the numbers. And I knew where the office was. I'd gone there once before, and the meeting started or something happened, and... uh, it took several phone calls and somebody finally answered and she said do you have a hundred pounds or more to lose I said I know I do so I hold out till tomorrow and she went to this meeting and I went to that meeting it was November 30th 1988 at Darby and they had a newcomers meeting then so I got there a half hour before for the newcomers two people hugged me I don't know who they are anymore but the one person who was and um, uh, if I'm not mistaken Ira G was the speaker that night Right, you know, and, or somebody was a speaker. They asked, they asked, they gave me something to read from the podium. So my first meeting, I was read, reading from the podium. I don't know what I read, and Ira got in my face. Do you need a sponsor? No, I'm okay. I don't know what the hell I was talking about. And I went home, and I before this, I should say, I had a, a quote successful career as a Weight Watchers lecturer. In fact, the owner of the franchise wanted to open one up in Mexico City and wanted me to move to Mexico City to open it for her because I'd lost a hundred pounds really quickly with them, gained it back even quicker, and my wife wanted no part of, you know, moving in, she moved around enough with me. So, uh, I went to that meeting, um, Thursday, I didn't eat anything, I was sick, Friday, I went to see my internist, and he put me on the scale, and if you weigh over 350 pounds, they had a weight to measure it, and I weighed 404 pounds. And I'm grateful for that, because once before, I had weighed 402 and I know in my mind if it had been 401 I would have said not so bad you know I, I know myself those two extra pounds I came so I'd been to the meeting Wednesday and the only food plan to be I knew was Weight Watchers so I was going then I went, uh, that Saturday I went to the Weight Watchers meeting and then I was going to Overeaters Anonymous I thought I could only go to the 100 pounders meeting and, and Weight Watchers that was it for the first month and I lost the weight I lost 15 pounds the first week I lost 30 pounds in a month. I lost 50 pounds in two months. And it just fell off. I lost 100 pounds in six months. And um, how I got to speak. So um, 
one of the first times it was a media, it's still at 7.30 in the morning, and there was a guy who was a speaker getter for a Thursday night meeting in Northridge. And uh, he said, I, I'd like you to speak. I said, he said, and I only had like two months absent or two months. He says, well, you need six months. I'm booking you for now. It'll keep you absent for the next three months. You know, and I went and when, as a lecturer, if anybody's ever been to Weight Watchers, we're supposed to get dressed up and look presentable or look sharp, whatever. So this is my first time going out of the neighborhood to an OA meeting. So I put on slacks and a shirt. I didn't wear a tie, but I, I didn't come like this, you know. <laughs> and when I got there, more than half the people had been at the 100 Pounders meeting the night before. And I realized Over It Is Anonymous is like a traveling circus and I'm just another bozo on the bus going to another town and putting on not a performance but sharing experience, strength and hope with people. So um, what I've learned, it's easy for anybody in any 12-step program to move to another location because you find a meeting and you have an instant community where quote civilians don't have it. They have to search around for it. So I moved in the program. My, my life changed. Um, I had been doing some work freelancing for United Press International. I, I worked with them in the city. My career uh, years ago was in broadcasting. I've been in the presence of half a dozen presidents, uh, Pope John Paul, uh, a Jewish guy at a Camden Yards when he did a thing, I was there. Uh, Harry Truman, when he walked along Park Avenue, I was one of the reporters. The first, first President Bush, I was at Clinton's inaugural. And then... Uh, in, in OA and out of OA and then uh, I gave it up uh, 12 years ago I think it's about 12 years ago or more 2000, 2002 <coughs> 16 years ago so I had open heart surgery uh, I had a quadruple bypass and I was in, living in Washington and I was there by myself and OA people came and took, uh, came to the hospital to see how I was doing and my oldest friend um, he passed away a few years ago but we met in the third grade uh, he, he was good and kind to me. He, he came down for a week and spent a week with me when I got out of the hospital. My daughter's husband was having some problems, and I didn't know about them at the time, so she didn't come. She was taking care of him. He subsequently passed away because of his drug addiction. Uh, and so it's uh, addictions in the family. So uh, that's what it was like, and, and what happened was the way that, and what it's like now. You guys are my family. I'm an only child. Uh, I can reach out to you. I, I have friends all over. I've lived in half a dozen states in, pro, in the program, it seems like, or cities. Um, I do service. Uh, there's a line in the big book, uh, you know, the, the bleeding, bleeding deacons and the elder, not in the big book, in the AA 12 and 12. And I don't want to be a bleeding deacon. I want to be an older states person. If something happened, I'll sit on the sidelines, and if somebody needs something. But I'm stepping up my service. I'm now co-secretary of Serenity Sunday starting uh, next week. And... Uh, and I'm also the Region 2 rep for uh, the OE San Fernando Valley Intergroup, so I'll start doing that again. And I've done all that before, but I'm at a stage in my life where I want to give back. Because without this program, there's no doubt in my mind, you know, I, I'd be under six feet under. Um, let's see, what else can I tell you? How I work the program today? I just re upped it. There's a group called the Sober Eating Group. I just joined that a couple of weeks ago, so I'm taking pictures of and texting my food before I eat it, and I'm doing that. Um, I'm working out with a trainer. I see him later today. Uh, and um, my top weight was 404. I got down to 200, and then I put some weight back on, and I, thought I started over once, and people said, you're making yourself nuts. You start over every morning when you wake up. Stop doing that to yourself. 
And so there's a, my, my parents owned a candy store, so I had access to all those things. And some of those, and, and some of the food that I stole, because I stole, it was, I feel it was mine, you know, I could do it. I haven't had those in over 30 years. I haven't had a cigarette in over 30 years. Um, because of my heart thing, I was told to drink a glass of red wine every night. I don't like drinking alone. I love eating alone. But I don't, but I don't, but I don't like drinking alone. But I, I'm doing once. I'll take a glass of red wine or something like that, and that's, uh, uh, that's okay. It's for my heart. Uh, so I work out with this trainer. Uh, I'm doing well. I have muscles. It's turning. He, I say, how, what do I look like? And I have a chiropractor who I love, who's known me from 400 pounds to now. And I said, what, what does my body look like? I, you know, they say, words, what do you want? He says, you're toned. My head still won't, ex- won't accept it. I still see the, the fat and the softness, but I'm toned. I have biceps that you can, you can feel. I've had, oh, I, I have to tell you this. I was 12-stepping a guy at the gym. Oh, when I first lost the weight, I, I had a surgery. I was married. My wife's insurance, health insurance, she was employed, um, uh, paid for it. So um, I had breast reduction, and that was when the Friday night meeting met at the Thalians Club. Was that where it was? And I had wrapped up, and I undressed in front of the group. I mean, that's the kind of showman I am. I just thought, because I would always walk around, and never nobody ever saw me naked. So I did. That. And then I got involved with a woman, she, who was a, who was a civilian, and and she said, Hank, I like you, but your body is a turnoff. And people said, How can she say that to you? I said, She opened my eyes because I don't see it. We don't see it. So I'm at the gym. Again, this is 20 years ago, 15, no, 12, 13 years ago. And I'm trying to 12-step a guy, and I'm a veteran with a service-connected disability, so all my stuff is through the VA. And he said, Hank, did you know that the VA has a plastic surgery clinic? I had no idea. He said, go tell your primary care you want to consult with plastic surgery. Because I had all the sagging skin and all this other. I walked in, their eyes lit up, perfect candidate for plastic surgery because they want to teach them how to do in case something there. I've had four or five operations uh, for plastic surgery where that's right. I don't have any hanging skin under my arms. They did thighs. They did, they did all kinds of stuff. They even did it here so I don't have the jowl or whatever. You know, I said, and I walked in and I said, slice and dice, whatever you want to do, I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I do that. Um, and um, I go to meetings. I go to uh, the weekends, uh, during the week I go to a couple of meetings, and I'm an only child, so isolation is my default mechanism. So sometimes I have my... They say there's only two times you should go to a meeting, when you want to and when you don't want to. <laughs> so I, try, so I, I, go to, I fill my weekends up with meetings. During the week I get up at uh, right around 6 o'clock to get to work. I'm still working. And I have my job also as a result, this current job, the longest I've ever worked one place, five minutes, okay. The longest I've ever worked uh, one place is this place. I'm, um, in two weeks, I'll be there 12 years. And you guys know Len M. He got me the job. He retired from it. And he recommended me for it. Um, so um, where was I going with that? I don't remember. I lost track of the train of thought. Is this when we open up for Q&A, or is it after the five minutes? After the five. After the five. So you want me to dance? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I worked the program. I, I, I moved around a lot. I was um, one of the things I'm proudest of, and I know pride is one of the deadly sins. But I, in the um, big, in the uh, OA 12 and 12, there's a line we um, 
in Arizona there were these two groups that um, had a disagreement and they split it was one group and the two and um, I was living in Arizona and I was on the committee and we resolved the differences and they got back together and they put a footnote into that and that's that's one of the things I was so I was on the committee that did it and it was my suggestion that got them to change it and say we did this let people know that you're saying we broke up how about letting them know we got back together again so that's one of my proudest accomplishments of things I did and I'm proud and, and I know pride is a deadly sin so I have to be careful of it I'm not I don't want to be prideful but I'm going to say I just I, I can never repay the debt if, if I live another 20 years and by the way uh, I'm 77 years old I say that because I know I don't look it if I looked it I probably wouldn't say it <laughs> I don't even know what 70 oh John said it no I'm like Look at all the calories we're burning up here. Look at this. Is this fabulous or what? Um, I have nothing more. My, uh, that's it. I'll open it up for Q&A more. Uh, I'm done. Okay. This is the time for questions only. There is no sharing at this meeting. If you need to share, please do so with one, any one of us after the meeting. Also, please remember that the opinions of the leaders are my own and not of those of Overeaters Anonymous as a whole. When asking questions, you need not identify yourself. Okay. Please remember, if you ask a question, your voice may be audible on the OA podcast. Um, I'm supposed to restate the question after it is asked. Uh, questions until 9.35 a.m. You'll get a five-minute warning. So, go ahead. Hi, Hank. Hi. Um, thank you. What is your spiritual practice and your connection with the higher power? Okay, the question was, what is my spiritual practice and my connection with my higher power? Okay, um, every morning I get on my knees and I say the, third st- I say the first three steps. And, uh, and then I also say the seventh and, uh, and the prayers, the third step prayer and the seventh step prayer. I say, and there's a saying, I think it's on December 28th in the um, OA book, it may be coming up. Uh, I love you, I bless you, I release you to your own indwelling higher presence. And I say, dear God, please take care of my children and grandchildren. I love them, I bless them, I release them to their own indwelling higher presence. Take care of my friends, early childhood, young adulthood. Go on, go on. Thank you. Take care of my employers, coworkers, and customers, my neighbors. That's, that's what I do every morning. Could you talk about your experiences with steps six and seven? I have to remember. Oh, that's... I know Character that. defects, shortcomings. What? Character defects and shortcomings. I don't have any. No. <laughs> I, just, I just try to be humble and just be of service and try and get out of them. I know I, we're all ego-driven. I don't know anybody who doesn't have, you know, we may be subjugated or, or put it down for a little while, but I just try to get out of myself and be of service. And uh, I can be a wise ass sometimes, but I just try to remember when I'm speaking to just... Uh, that I'm here to be of service to my fellow multiple <coughs> readers. Uh, and I work for this company. In two weeks, I'll be there 12 years. As I said, Lenham got me the job. I still don't know what I'm doing there. And if they ever find out, I'm really in trouble. But what makes me a good sales representative, I'm the only, I phone numbers of people. Some of my customers, repeat customers, have my phone number. They can call me because it's sales and customer service. And I really believe in the customer service part. And, and I'll throw them a bone sometimes and, and whatever and give them something on the house. And I tell my employer afterwards, you know, and, and it's there. And uh, uh, In fact, I'm supposed to be off because I'm Jewish. I worked last weekend. I'm supposed to be off this weekend. She said, can I bribe you to come in Monday for one hour? 
because one of my jobs on Monday is a mass mailing and I schlepped the two big trays to the post office on the way home. <coughs> um, I said, fine, I'll do it. You don't have to bribe me. You know? And I'm grateful. I have Social Security. I have my VA disability pension. This job gives me money to play with. So I do it. Does that answer your question? I hope it answers your question. Go ahead. Um, how has your program helped you with difficult family relationships? Immensely. Because because I talk to people before I talk to them. Get in and talk to them. Because as I said, I'm a lonely child. I'm an isolator. I go up half cock and I don't do it. I just I, I say, please take care of my children and grandchildren. I love them. I bless them. I release them to their own enjoyment. My daughter was married to an all-star baseball, major league baseball player who had, was addicted to cocaine and died of a drug overdose <coughs> at the age of 38. Left two teenage daughters. Now they're in their 20s. Now I'll tell you a funny story. I have this sense of humor. So my, they, everybody loves sports in the family. And I, I grew up in Brooklyn. Brooklyn Dodgers fan. They broke my heart when I moved to Brooklyn. They broke my heart a year ago. They broke my heart for this past time. <laughs> so I took my granddaughter to Game 7 of the World Series last in 2017. And my daughter said, are you, what are you doing spending all that money? I said, it's not my money, it's the kid's inheritance. <laughs> this year, when I took her again, she said, Papa, are you spending more of my inheritance? <laughs> I love to make people laugh. Did I, you know, so I forgot the question, but I went off on something. How do you deal with difficult relationships in your family? I talk to people about them before I talk to them. Okay. That's what I do. I, I have to get a second opinion, you know. Uh, what do I do before this? And I talk to people, and people are kind and loving. And I write. I write every day. There's a book. It's not a program book. I don't know if I can say something. It's not a program. I can't say. I see it shaking. No. See me afterwards. I'll tell you the name of the book. I'm journaling, and I share it with my sponsor on a daily basis my thoughts on it. It's a daily journal. Go ahead. Did you uh, uh, did you talk about your relationship with Art Howard? Did you have that relationship before OA? And if not, how did it change? I was my own higher power before. I, I was only child, self-sufficient, left alone. Uh, my parent, I was an only child. My parents married late in life. They were business people. I lived by uh, with a uh, grandmother who was uh, crazy, and nobody knew it except me. You know, I didn't even know what she was crazy. You know. Okay, that's that's it. Robin, I saw your hand up. Yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. How does program help you deal with shame, especially reoccurring? I don't have any. You have to oh, how, I want to know how I how I deal how the program helped me deal with shame and reoccurring shame. I don't think I have any shame before. I, I put it to rest. I'm moving on with my life. I, uh, I just share about it and talk to people about it. Uh, the therapist who got me into way has retired, but I still talk to her usually once a year around the time of my anniversary when I came in thanking her once again. Yes. Hi. Thank you for your share. Could you talk about how you sponsor? Uh, how I sponsor the question is how I sponsor um, I tell people as I said they can call me um, I don't even know if I'm I haven't heard from someone I know that I'm responsible I call my sponsor every day I tell them call me and I'll help you out tell me what's going on in your mind I don't even think and nobody's calling me on a regular basis right now so I just tell them do this write tell me what's going on um, there's a guy I know I usually I'm not here because I I love this me I, I really like it but um, there's a meeting that's five minutes from my house on the same time on Saturday morning. Think about which one am I going to come to? <laughs> you know? so I, uh, but I like this. And uh, there's a guy there, and 
I'm kind of judgmental. He's in his 80s. Because I'm close to my 80s, so I know that, you know, and he's a veteran and all that. And he walks with a cane, and, it's all, and I love these old, but they're driving my things, you know, and I'm getting this. What if he has to react quickly? If he's walking with a cane, how is he going to get his foot from the accelerator to the brake? And it scares me. And, he, and I was sponsoring his son for a while, and the son stopped. I don't force anybody to call. I can't make anybody call. I can always say, call before, uh, before you eat. That's what I say, you know, if you run into a problem. When I, was, when I first came in, there were no cell phones. And uh, I was going out to eat. Some of you guys remember Irving. He was my first sponsor, and I was his first sponsee. And I went and I looked and I told him in the morning what I was going to eat. And when I got to the restaurant, I had to find a, a payphone because I changed my mind. They didn't have one. And he said, Hank, take it easy on yourself. Just take protein. I don't care what the hell it is. Because I was being specific. So I try to be where my where it is a loose garment kind of thing. It's easy. Yes, I was started um, in the sober living group. I mean, so, excuse me, sober eating group. Um, change your program. Well, it's only been two weeks, <laughs> so there's some so there's some resentment. It was how how is working in the uh, sober eating group uh, changed my program? Well, I'm taking pictures of my food before I eat it and sending it to these guys and texting them and saying this and getting some input. And I wanted to have something, and they said you couldn't. You, it's up. To, it's still my decision. I can do it, but I want to, you know. And again, I want to be part of you. You, you guys are so welcoming. Any any step program is so welcoming that I don't want to do any of this screw up. And I'm grateful that you can't kick me out. I could be a, an AH, but you're not going to kick me out. But I don't want to be that. I want I want to be. I don't want to be a bleeding deacon. I want to be an elder states person. Thanks, Mike. Uh, could you talk about your abstinence today and whether there are foods that you refrain from eating? And how that compares, if it does, with when you were in Weight Watchers? Yeah, well, Weight Watchers are so long ago, I don't remember. Okay. Okay, but how it is now, one of the things um, that I, some of the things I haven't had, I mean, I'm not going to go into the specific, I don't even name food, but I like nuts. You know, I like almonds, it's supposed to be healthy, but I, I can't. So I buy the, the individual packets, and nuts is an acronym, not using the steps. In your <laughs> <laughs> so I gave them up. I my, my my heart is not breaking over almonds. You know, it's my taste buds are breaking over, <laughs> over. You know, and it's not, and some. So I, I I'm not exactly sure how to answer that. So I just I know what I can eat. Nobody ever got fat from eating too much broccoli. It's what they put on the broccoli that makes them too fat. You know, so I I do that. I I, I cook a lot with balsamic vinegar. Balsamic vinegar. Um, and I do that so I'm doing the thing and when I'm home I'm weighing and measuring in fact I said so I'm going to have half this he said why are you going to have half this I said because on the pa- the most important information I was told this at a, at a thing that the VA put on for veterans the most important information you see on a food label is the serving size you know it says 50, 50 calories that's for like each cookie or something and the guy eats seven cookies you know do that so I look at the serving size before I have anything I do and I know what I'm doing Yes, sir. Um, Say your name, please. I'm Steve. Hi, Steve. Yeah. Uh, how do you, in your higher power, identify and respond to addict thoughts? Talk about them with somebody. First, if you know something's bothering me, I talk about it or I write about it. I, I know uh, it's, someone once said, uh, my head is a dangerous neighborhood. I can't go there by myself. Any more? 
that's it. Oh, terrible, my buddy. Yeah. Can you talk about your relationship with your higher power and how it's changed over the years? Mm-hmm. He wants to know about my relationship with my higher power and how it's changed through the years. Okay. Uh, I don't know if I said this before, but my first Thanksgiving, I had 12 stepped to a friend. He, he since passed away. He, he didn't stay for that long. And it was, uh, we were invited over um, to his house for Thanksgiving. Uh, he had two sons. They were grown. Our two children were grown. So it was just, and I 12 stepped this guy. And he was in for a while. And he and his wife had us over for Thanksgiving dinner. And every morning I would call Irving and tell him what I was going to eat. And I said, I'm going to have a piece. I'm going to mention the food. I'm going to have a piece of pumpkin pie. And he said, you can't have it. I said, yes, I can. You said I could have whatever, you know, Weight Watchers said I could have it. It's exchange. And we argued a little bit over it. And finally, he relented. He said, okay, Hank, you can have it on one condition. I said, what's that? He said, before you eat it, you have to get down on your knees and pray to it because it's your higher power. <laughs> I didn't have it. <laughs> so that that's... I hope that answers the question. That's the answer I have for that. But you know, food. I, I know if it's uh, if it's calling me, then it's my higher power. I, I need a benevolent higher power, not one that's out to get me. And that is, I would always like, uh, if I had my way, being a proofreader and an editor, I think the big book and uh, stuff. That, remember that we deal with food, cunning, baffling, powerful. I uh, jealous and patient because Overeaters Anonymous has given me a life beyond my wildest dreams. The disease hates it hates the life that I have and it's out to get me so I have to be vigilant <coughs> is that it? done? I'm done yes um, can you uh, talk about making amends and if and how you have to make amends to someone indirectly because otherwise it would hurt them I haven't thought about it I don't know if I've done it oh is how do I make amends or to make them indirectly or somewhat of it just try to, to go move forward and be uh, kind and loving to someone. You know? And another thing I learned in this program, no response is a response. Somebody very wise told me that. Because I, I was dating somebody we met last year, and uh, I mean th- earlier this year, and it was going great. Uh, she came to a meeting, and I didn't know she identified herself as a compulsive overeater when I took her to Serenity Sunday or a different meeting. And uh, she broke up with me because she came down, She found out she has cancer, and she said, "Move on, get somebody healthy." I'm still starting to get over it, but it's been uh, it's been tough. I don't get to over it over it. Yes. Can you talk about making amends, nine step, and how that's gone for you? It's gone well. It's gone, I, I just say I'm sorry for what I did. I hope uh, if I offended you in any way, I sincerely apologize. Yes. I get to accept her. <laughs> That's the hardest thing. Except uh, her first time. She's been married. She's married for a second time. The first one was her high school sweetheart. They went off at 18, and my wife was having a fit. And I said, she's going with her without our blessing. I'm giving her mine. You do what you have to do. And uh, this guy is her um, husband now. Is a reco- and I love him. He's a recovering alcoholic. And one of his kids doesn't talk to him, so he and I have something in common for a long time. So I got I get along with them. And five minutes left. And uh, uh, yeah, I saw them. They were here. I still have a resentment, and the resentment is I'm living in my house uh, this summer, and I moved in in 2009. I'll be there 10 years. She's come here every practically once a year or twice a year. She's never seen where I live. And it really irks me. 
and she's always busy, she'll run to somebody else, she'll come here and she doesn't have time for me. And uh, this past Thanksgiving, I went there, I drove, and uh, it was from 2 to 7 at her house. I went there Wednesday after work, and I was going to stay three nights. I said, there's nothing going on. I came home Friday. I can't do that anymore. I'm getting too old. I put 900 miles on my car in three days. I, I can't. My body doesn't think that anymore. I can't do that. So uh, I just move on, accept her for the way she is, and so that if I have to love her from afar, I'll love her from afar. Go ahead. Um, what's uh, been your experience in um, uh, you know, surrendering, harmonizing your will to God's will? And uh, any, like, interesting or positive stories that you remember in times that you really knew you did it right? When I needed what? The question is your experience uh, harmonizing your will to your higher powers. It's just I talk to somebody about it because there's got to be an intermediary. I, I have a direct line, but sometimes it gets skewed, so I'll share with my sponsor or somebody else that I trust, and I follow advice, and I write about it. I journal every day. I journal every day. Sometimes it's a line or two, a couple of words, but I do that, and I share with my sponsor every morning what I've written about. And that's a book. You can see me afterwards. I'll tell you the book that I'm working on now. Go ahead. How do you deal with obsession, obsession of the mind, about food or about anything else? Make a phone call. Uh, the question is, how do I deal with obsession? My, my, my mind is a dangerous place to go by myself. I can't go there. So I have to make a phone call. And I'm grateful that I've lived so many places. I have friends in several states. And, you know, having been, uh, I met a guy, I, I was in World Service in the 90s, and uh, he's in Ohio. And I, I stay in touch with him. I'll call him two or three times a year or whatever. And I, have, and I have friends who know me from before, and I, and I stay in touch with them. I stay in touch with my cousins, you know, being alone. And, uh, and I'm friendly. I talk to my neighbors when I'm walking the dog, you know, so I'm social and I get out. I show you a dog. Um, can you talk about anything you do daily? I know mean, you've already mentioned calling the sponsor and taking pictures of your food, but anything else? Well, I read and I journal every day. And I uh, make a couple of phone calls. And I get on my knees and I and I say the, the prayers, and uh, and I walk my dog. Gets me out because I'm an isolator. So some of you guys at Serenity Sunday know I bring the dog with me sometimes, and she's a, a, a service dog, an emotional support animal. Um, it was sort of like the thing. I I, saw, I don't need emotional support like hell. I don't. I really do. And and a dog. She socializes me because I could stay in the house and isolate. I get out and meet people. I talk to people all the time. Yes. Uh, what's your experience with the with your higher power and, and the promises coming through? Oh, I have a life beyond my wildest dreams. That's the problem. I'll tell you a funny thing. Uh, Roseanne, I met her, and, I, and when I met her, she was at uh, the meeting serenity uh, the meeting in the park in Studio City. It's Saturday afternoons, and somebody said, "You have to go. Roseanne is going to be there." I said, "Who the hell is Roseanne? I didn't know I knew." <laughs> and, and so I knew her, and I met her, and. Uh, I bought the book and she, when I was in, moved to Baltimore, to Washington, D.C., there was some big thing and she came and that's when, I, that's when I got to speak to her a little bit and, she, and I bought the book and she inscribed it for me. And I didn't know, I thought, oh, how special I am. I found out later when, they were, when she passed away and people were more, she wrote the same thing in everybody's book. <laughs> so, so it brought me down to, not, brought me down to size. So I'm just, I'm just a, like I said, just another bozo on the bus going to the service. <laughs> Look, all the calories were burning by laughing. I did my did my thing. So, any more time left, or? Uh, a couple minutes. 
One. One minute. <laughs> <laughs> That's my aerobics for the day. I have, I have my, I'm done unless you, I'll answer another question. <laughs>